Welcome to Oasis Rheumatainment, a live podcast with Dr. George Munoz. And on this episode, we'll be talking about FDA warnings on a powerful arthritis medication and risks of both heart disease and possibly cancer risk. So what does this mean for patients and how do physicians communicate about this new development in a balanced, informed and responsible manner? Well, let's find out with Dr. George Munoz, an integrative rheumatologist based out of Miami. He is one of the founders of the AARA, the American Arthritis and Rheumatology Associates, the largest rheumatology supergroup in the U.S., powered by BendCare. BendCare is a rising superstar in healthcare innovation and defining true value in the inflammatory space. So let's get into this with Dr. Munoz in conjunction with the AARA, AOTRC, and the Oasis Institute. Dr. Munoz, it is always a pleasure to talk with you. So one of these drugs is Zeljans, that there is a new FDA warning. So Dr. Munoz, what is Zeljans and what is it used for? Great question, Bill, since this is the focus of our podcast today. Zeljans, otherwise known as tofacitinib, is an oral medication that is approved for rheumatoid arthritis psoriatic arthritis, which is arthritis with psoriasis, an inflammatory bowel condition called ulcerative colitis, and also for a particular type of juvenile arthritis called polyarticular juvenile idiopathic arthritis. It's a big, long name, but essentially it's a form of rheumatoid in children under the rubric of juvenile arthritis. So Zelgens or tofacitinib is indicated for these medications and these conditions. Yeah, so like I said before, we watch TV, you see these things, and I've seen Zelgens before. So tell us about these new FDA warnings about heart and cancer risk and what does it mean for our patients? This is a very interesting development that has come about in what we would call post-marketing surveillance studies that are mandated by the FDA with new medications. And what happened is that in late January of this year, the FDA announced that for the phase four post-surveillance study of these medications that you can see in clinicaltrials.gov, there were issues and it basically went something like this. The post-marketing study was designed to compare the safety of Zelgens or tofacitinib against what would be called TNF inhibitor medications that are already on the market for the treatment of the conditions we named previously. These would include medicines such as etanercept or adalimumab, which have been around for a long time. And the comparison was making the evaluation of the Zelgens in comparison to major heart issues, adverse events, and or malignancies that didn't include melanoma. What was found was that the previous increase in signal in these conditions that was in the medication listing itself seemed to be more impressive and consequently, that is actually one of the reasons why the FDA mandated post-marketing safety studies of Zelgens, and they didn't bode well for the drug and possibly others in its class. 
What they found was that compared with patients taking the TNF inhibitors that I mentioned to you, those assigned Zelgens either in the 5 milligram or 10 milligram in this randomized, what was called the oral surveillance trial, had significantly higher rates of malignancy such as 11.3 versus 7.7 cases per thousand. So what this means in statistics when you're looking at these in larger numbers is that there was a hazard ratio or 48% increase in malignancies in comparison to the people not taking them. And there were also higher rates of major adverse cardiovascular events, which are called MACE, M-A-C-E. These were also seen with the JAK inhibitors at 33% increase in terms of the hazard ratio. So this is not good. The safety study did have over 4,000 patients. And the finding of these events in both dosages is something that the FDA will now have to look at, think about, ponder, and decide how they're going to handle this moving forward. Yeah, those stats are very concerning. So what do you think is a prudent way to approach these new warnings if you are taking Zeljans? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is that, you know, for patients, for my patients, or if you're a patient taking this medication, number one, don't panic, but be detailed in following up and preparing your physician with your concerns, writing down your questions, seeing your physician and reviewing this FDA finding relative to oneself, one's condition, one's history, one's family risk factors, and any individual personal history, for example, is there a history of high blood pressure, cardiovascular disease already, or is there none? And this is what we would call a process of shared decision-making, so as not to make blanket decisions unilaterally on any side, and to decide if there's a role for possible referrals to specialists in these other fields, specifically cardiology or oncology, based on family risks, personal past medical history risks, factors that could increase cardiovascular disease that I've already mentioned to you, such as hypertension or type 2 diabetes, or perhaps any family history of cancer or previous precancerous events that could predispose someone. So it's not a blanket statement for everyone. I really don't feel we need to panic, but we do need to follow through in a careful shared decision-making process that will take into account the warnings and how it possibly could pertain to each individual. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. So don't panic, get an assessment of the risk. And then you talked about the shared decision-making process. So that's a good strategy if you are taking Zelljans. And then what about these other JAK inhibitors like Rimvoke and Illumiate? I see TV ads for these as well. Do we have to worry about these JAK inhibitors too? So unfortunately, there are signals with some of the other ones, but not as strong or as developed. The oral study that I referred to, that surveillance began in 2014 or six years ago, about 18 months after Zelgens or Tofacinibib was first approved for rheumatoid arthritis. 
Since then, the other JAK inhibitors that you just mentioned, including Rimvoke, which is known as Upatisidinib, and Illumiant, these are tongue twister names, okay? Baricidinib, and that's part of being a specialist here that you can pronounce these things. These agents, too, carry boxed warnings in the package insert about infections, clotting, thrombosis, cancer risk. So more to be revealed. We expect by 2025 to have primary endpoints looked at in terms of the risk of these complications for the drugs that we've just mentioned. So you just mentioned that there are warnings on these medicines, but why are we just hearing about this cardiovascular cardiac risk, if you will, now? That's a great question, and it's a complex answer. It sounds kind of like a cop-out, but I'm going to tell you what I know, and what I know is that these drugs, and when drugs are approved, again, it's the risk-benefit ratio. The signal, or when we say the word signal, we mean the possible signal of a problem is noted And in the beginning, if that signal is not significant, if you don't have excess mortality or really hard effects, but you get benefit, you know, they compare the drug to placebo. Invariably, in large studies, they wind up having very, very similar side effects to most things between placebo and the actual drug that's being tested. Then there's a process of years, four, six, eight years before the post-marketing studies, meaning the studies after the drug has been approved, after the drug is already being used, that these original signals or any other signals that are suspected globally from worldwide studies are paid attention to in more depth with more statistical power and analysis so this takes time and the process is somewhere between five to ten years depending on the drug depending on the number of people and depending on the strength of the signal statistically and how the powering is employed in order to be able to make a conclusion so it's not a simple process the FDA went ahead and announced this late January. No action has been taken yet, but stay tuned. It's possible that they are going to recommend some action. It's probable that they're going to recommend some action. We just don't know what it is. But in the meantime, what we're discussing today, and which why I think this is very important, is patients need to have some type of course, and physicians need to be answering and responsive to the patient's inquiry, concerns, anxiety, and ethically we need to have a proper approach while we wait for more definitive guidance from the FDA. Right. So the longer these drugs are in the marketplace, the more we learn about them. And then you mentioned the risk-benefit ratio. And I'm thinking somebody might say to themselves, forget it, I'm not taking these drugs. 
but then your quality of life may suffer because you're living with rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis. So the risk benefit ratio that you talk about is very interesting. Let me ask you this. Do these autoimmune conditions like rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis, you mentioned ulcerative colitis, do they cause heart or cancer issues even without Zeljans or any other drug on board? That's a very astute and timely question as well, because the answer in short is yes. So take rheumatoid arthritis that's not well controlled, take psoriasis and take psoriatic arthritis. Those are actually known to be associated with increased cardiovascular events, MACE again, major adverse cardiovascular events that would include things like a heart attack, a stroke, potential life-threatening event. And if the inflammation in these conditions is not well controlled, then the inflammation in the cardiovascular system is working and going on silently and can lead to these cardiovascular complications. As far as cancer goes, we know that for example, that autoimmune conditions, including rheumatoid arthritis and certainly ulcerative colitis, have a higher risk of cancer in comparison to the regular population, even without medication. And what kind of cancer are we talking about? Well, for rheumatoid arthritis, specifically, we're talking about non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. For ulcerative colitis specifically, we're talking about colon cancer in patients that are not well controlled and who've had disease for a long time. So depending on the type of condition, there is a, a more specific type of cancer. These are not dependent on having taken a medicine. So that has to be factored in also. And the final point is that inflammation has to be controlled because that can lead to cardiovascular events that can be significant and in some cases life-threatening. Okay, well, there's the real truth on that when you talk about that risk-benefit ratio by not taking these medicines. Look at what you're facing. So then, Dr. Munoz, what should people do if they're taking something like Zeljans in any dose? How worried should they be? I think that the main point here, once again, is we emphasize don't panic, but rather than be worried, be proactive. Be proactive to review one's personal situation with your physician, with your rheumatologist, determine if secondary referrals are needed to specialists in these particular areas. And watchful waiting and monitoring is appropriate based on what one's physician or specialist decides is appropriate for you. Again, it's not a one-shot or one approach for everybody. This has to be individualized. And the important thing is be informed, assess risk-benefit ratio of treatment versus non, ask your questions, make your list, follow up on recommendations, and be vigilant like we all should with normal testing that needs to be done in terms of cardiovascular or cancer screening in the general population. I like how you said that. Don't be worried. Be 
proactive. That's a simple way to put all of this into context. Dr. Munoz, well, thank you for breaking this down for us as always and making something that seems to be complicated very clear. So thank you very much for your time as always. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. It's my pleasure. And as always, we are here to elucidate, clarify, and hopefully demystify some of these areas in medicine that can be worrisome or confusing. Absolutely. Dr. Munoz, thank you again. Thank you, Bill. And once again, this is the Oasis Rheumatology Podcast featuring Dr. George Munoz. And for more information, call 305-682-8471 or you can visit theoasisinstitute.com. Thank you so much for listening. 